0: Welcome to the Enhanced Performance Podcast with your host Adam Lisby And today's podcast is going to be a UFC London special So it's going to be tinged with a little bit of sadness because we did not get the win that we wanted But that's the way the cookie crumbles as they say Those things happen, you're fighting in the UFC, you're fighting in the top 10 Sometimes you're going to get beat, okay guys So what we're going to do today is I'm going to answer your questions I'm also going to tell you a little bit about my experience Uh... Who I bumped into, who I saw, what the gossip was. A little bit of BTS and that sounds for like behind the scenes, lads. Um yeah. Let's just get into it. So first things first, the week was absolutely amazing. Obviously we, we didn't get the result like we wanted, but as a whole it was a great experience. <clears throat> I think I better just let people know that Paul does this with a lot of these uh, with a lot of these guys, and it's a very nice thing that Paul does so he picked me in the corner to go in the corner, not because of my amazing MMA knowledge, which is undeniable, really. However, he picked me in the corner because I hadn't been in the corner before. So he does this with a lot of his guys. He likes to let them experience the UFC event, which I think is a very, very nice thing for him to do. So he was like, Right, Adam, it's your turn. It's your turn to go in the corner and have that experience. And wow, what an experience it was. Something I will never, ever forget till the day I die. Uh, that's something that I tried to make sure uh, throughout the week that I embraced it and really enjoyed it for what it was, regardless of the results regardless of what happened, I thought, right, let's remember this, let's not get overwhelmed by this, let's try and take everything in, because, look, realistically, this might be the pinnacle of my body career, you know what I mean? This might be it after that, it might be all downhill, I'm only 32, but will i have someone in the top 10 of the ufc and be able to walk them out i don't know it's, it's, it might be unlikely so uh, now that's not to say i don't think paul's going to get a title and says i won't be able to walk him out again because he's probably just going to go someone else for it wh- and someone else and change it up which is fair enough and that's what he's doing what he likes to do and it's a very nice him to do like i mentioned so so for me, personally, personal, say this might be it. This might be the pinnacle. So I wanted to make sure I embraced it all and um, the sound of the crowd, and just different like that. I'll get into it more, but it was yeah, it was something else, something else. I don't know how many people were there was it like twenty thousand, something like that. I'm not even sure, but it was insane. So we got we got a late flight. The flight was a bit delayed. So we we'll, we got we got there pretty late. Walk into the room, and Paul has booked me and him a double bed again not even a king size a queen size bed now this happened once before we went down to get some testing done at pox and science and see boxing science nutritionist and he accidentally accidentally booked a double bed once I, ha- I put this on the story but it's a fact if it happens once it's a mistake if it happens twice alarm bells start to ring so i was like hmm but to be fair to Paul we got absolutely got absolutely screwed over with the room. He would show me the pictures of the room that they told him he'd rented or that he got, and then the room we were in was was not like that. So we built a little pillow fort, a little pillow uh, like a what was called wall, just just in case he got a bit handsy in the middle of the night, uh, and we just went to sleep because we're knackered. We'll deal with it the next day. Eventually got a new bed put in the next day, so everything's grand, everything is fine. But I might book my own room next time. Because that's a bit weird. Now, for you thinking, um, why isn't the UFC paid for it? Paul wanted a separate place. F- uh, first of all, UFC pay only for one person on the UFC fight nights. So Paul had to pay for my flights and uh, the other cornerman Mark's f- flights and accommodation himself. So he paid it himself. So, again, thank you very much. Nice man. Um, and yeah, we he wanted like, a separate place that we could all be just in case it got a little bit too hectic. So that's that's kinda why they did have a nice very very nice room at the health thing that Paul ended up using anyway. So next day's media day. And to be honest I was just following Paul around like a little puppy dog. Um because it was great. I was loving it. Loving it every minute. It. Just chilling in a room. Me, Tom Aspra I'm like, right Tom, how you doing Mate? Uh we've played they played the UFC game. They're both absolutely horrendous at the UFC game. Um then he did things just skype calls then we went to the presser look at me calling it the presser we did the presser uh, <laughs> then what else did we, do? we did some where uh, john gooden and that, there you go my mate john good old john boy um what else did we do did loads of stuff it was a busy busy day it was a bit pretty full on um and then that kind of all dies down and then to be honest like with anything, no matter if it's like a small show or a big show, it doesn't really matter. There's always going to be a lot of waiting around. There just is. Because it's only you can go out and do something, you're not going out and getting drunk and drinking and going to all these activities and stuff. Because, it's like, pulse cutting weight. And you know what I mean? It's not that kind of vibe. It's not that kind of vibe. So, there's a lot of waiting about. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the lead up to the week. Did the weight cut. Weight cut was, was easy, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was easy. Like... The weight falls off, Paul, I think we had under a K to cut, like absolutely nothing. So that was super easy to be done. I think we did it in, we did it with one sauna. They give you, the UFC give you a sauna suit or like a sauna blanket, they call it sauna blanket, which is dead good because your head is out of the the blanket. So if anyone who's been in a sauna a long time, it can get quite stressful. And you boys done weight cuts, it's like, pff, it gets quite intense, it's quite draining. So... With your head being out it's kind of less taxing on you you can you can stay in it longer you find it miles miles easier so yeah easy wake up was easy we usually when my guys will do night before say that we'll do the sauna and then the day of we'll do the bath we'll get up in the morning and run the bath early because he was so close to weight we just did on that morning we just did something we didn't even do anything the night before just slept there's like a there's a school of thought and an argument out there which is which is fair enough let like you shouldn't really cut weight the night before if you can, because you're going to stress your body out to the point where you're not maybe going to be able to get to sleep. You're going to be all sweaty and hot, and your sleep's going to be affected. Then, which is understandable. Um, the reason a lot of my guys do that, and most guys do that, is because it'd be very stressful going into bed and waking up, and you still got say three, four k to cut. You'd be like, oh no! And you'd be really stressed. So that's why most guys split it. And you can also, what you call, float weight, which means you're going to lose a little bit of weight in your sleep because you've had a sweat on, you'll still be quite hot during the night. You sweat a little bit more out and you'll you'll float a bit of weight. But yeah, in terms of quality of sleep, it, m- it might not be the best. So that happened. Um, went and did the wains. Wayne's were insane. I've got a question about the wains, so I'm going to talk about the wains because there's something that was brought up to me that I don't particularly agree with, but I've had a few discussions about it with people, but the Waynes was immense. Uh... Charles Oliveira was there, Bala Mohamed, Sugar Sean, all these people were there. Uh the the atmosphere it was electric. It was jumping. Obviously Paddy and Molly, like those fans were going mental, Tom's fans were going mental, uh and certainly Paul's fans were going mental. In comparison to the last time I would say Paul definitely got like a bigger reception, which is really really good to see. It, it seems like he's leveled up in terms of his fan base, and uh, especially in terms of uh, media obligations to do, um, like even being asked to like do the UFC game with Tom Aspinall, you know, it's a really good sign. So I'm really happy for him uh, for that. That's a really good sign of big things to come. So you know what? I'm just going to get into the questions. I'm going to answer your questions, and see if you've got some good ones. I'm sure you will. Never let me down. How was the atmosphere, and what is the one thing you? Would take away from the experience. So as I mentioned, the atmosphere was insane. I mean, the UK and Scotland in particular were known for having the best fans in the world. And that's just we're just that's just a fact. Like at this point, it's just undeniable. We're just nuts, uh, and it's and it's brilliant. So the noise, like I remember, if, like it was maybe three or four times when my like I got goosebumps. One was when we got busted to the event and we're walking through the corridor, and the corridor's like underneath like all these all the seating and you heard the ufc stonk song started so oh, it's called bring the pain or something and it's like a, like not a song i'm particularly into because i'm not into those ty- types of music but it's just epitomizes the ufc and it's it's just so synonymous with the ufc that started getting played and you just had this massive roar and the, like that's when the highlights get played and, and that's when like i think that's is that the prelims starting or something starting at that point? But yeah, it was, just like, oh, it was insane. I think it was the start of the prelims. It was, that was cool. And what was another point? Looking kind of, so Paul's in front of me. The curtains have opened. You're looking out and you're waiting to go. And you just see all the crowd. All the crowd, people are shouting, come on. Just going absolutely mental. That was another moment. And then walking out, obviously, insane. Then he stepped into the octagon and... I just went up again, up another, like, another volume, another level, sorry, again, and then he, like, Bruce Buffer and I'm just like, fuck, this is mental." um, I don't know why I was just staring at Volkan Ozdemir as if that would intimidate him, as if (laughs) he's like, oh no, I was going to put on a great performance, but now his strength and conditioning coach is staring at me, I'm a bit scared, but I just had my eyes fixed and I'm staring him out, uh, ooh, hard man, uh, so yeah, that, the atmosphere was insane. The one one thing you got to take away from the experience. You know what? I don't want to take one thing away. I want to try to take the whole thing away, if that makes sense. There's not like... The whole week was amazing. It generally was. Um, So it's not like I can pinpoint one thing and be like, that's what I'm going to take away. I want to just kind of embrace it all. And I I made a point of kind of thinking like that, even going in to this week or last week, just like, remember this. Like I said, because this could be the last time I ever do it, um, this could be the last time, so don't get too overwhelmed by it, which is very hard, um, but yeah, just embrace it, and just try to remember all of it, every little bit, as best you can, because it's a blur, it is a blur, like, although I'm saying that, it's a blur, because, I don't know, it's just the emotions, and everything you're feeling, and so, like, the fight itself was the quickest 15 minutes ever. I just boom, like a blink of an eye and then you're backstage, then you're in the car going home. It's just very, very quick, very, very quick. Um, but yeah, no, I want to take the whole thing away with me, not just one experience. Not for this, but another topic could be rating anime characters body for fighting. That's a genuine question I've got asked. A man has asked me to rate anime's, anime characters bodies for fighting. Hmm. I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh <laughs> Yeah, moving on. Next question. Coolest person you saw slash met and why? So, I'm going to join that on. With another question I got, sorry. Um, so the coolest person that you saw slash met and why? Stormzy, pretty bloody cool. All right, Stormzy, how you doing, mate? Um, shout out to my boy, Stormzy. And then, who was another one? Cool one. Bisping, legend is he. Legend, the one I'd pirate. The man himself, that's pretty cool. Joanna, she's pretty cool. Loads, loads of people. Um, who else? You know what? I like meeting like John Gooden because I know John. Like I well, follow him on Instagram. He follows me on Instagram. Instagram friends. Same with Karen Bryant. So John Gooden's the UFC commentator. Karen Bryant is the uh, uh, uh anchor of the word. I think that might be an American word, but I think she's the UFC anchor. Very cool. Very nice people. Um. So it was cool to meet them. Charles Oliveira was kicking about in this horrendous blue suit. Who else was there? Honestly, there were so many people. That I, I, I genuinely I couldn't remember them all. But it was just the who's who. Who's who were there. Um, but yeah, Stormzy. Stormzy was pretty cool. Uh, Dave Portnoy was there. If you're into Barstool sports, he was there too. So, but seen Stormzy. you know, him. Yeah, he's the number one. Uh, how's Paul feeling? Grand. Obviously he's got a sore leg, sore face, but yeah, grand, ready to go again. Um it is what it is. you get you get beat sometimes, but mentally and physically he's in a good place, and that's the main thing. Uh we'll be a back out soon, I would guess. I'm guessing we'll we'll, we'll get him one before one or two. Nah one. Before the end of the year. Certainly. So yeah, it's all good. Uh what would you have changed? Would you have changed anything in Paul's training? Um, I'll have to speak to Paul first before, like, following something like a loss or a win doesn't really matter. You always sit down with your athlete and speak with them about the the camp previous. What could have changed? What would be better? Because I've had camps that have been horrendous with guys and they've won their fight. Likewise, I've had camps that have been amazing with guys and they've lost their fight. So you can't really judge it on the loss or the win. Um, but we'll have a little chat, we'll have a sit down and talk about what things could be better 'cause if like there's always something. Uh what things need to be slightly tweaked, what we maybe want to introduce, what we want to take away and then go from there. But it's I mean you could say anything. You could, like because it's very easy looking back, twenty twenty vision and all that, going, Oh maybe we should've done this, maybe we should done that but nah. At the moment no. There's things that I'm thinking of that I'll not bring up here because I've not spoken to Paul first about it uh, or I've not told Paul first. So it would be unfair just to say it now because he might, when I say that to him, he might go, no, no, no that was absolutely fine. I felt great with that. Um, so I'll speak to him first and we'll kind of, we'll navigate that and talk about that. Uh, I could, so there's a question here. There's a few of these questions that I can't answer. And the reason I can't answer it is just not my place to say, okay, this is f- d- these questions are for something that Paul uh, will address if and when he wants to address them. So I can't answer a few of the questions that have been asked, and I apologise for that, but that's just the way it is. What's next for Paul? Next for Paul is a bloody holiday. Uh, he's going away just now, and he is away just now. He'll enjoy himself, get all fat and sassy, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll have that little assessment, a reassessment of the camp, uh, going ahead, what, what, speak about what, in terms of fighting, I don't know, I mean, he's been, he's been kind of, him and Gus have been talked about a lot, before the fight as well, uh, they were meant to fight each other, Gus pulled out, they were meant to fight each other again, but then Gus wanted that heavyweight, which didn't really make sense, we were offered him again, but then, like, we didn't really know where Gus had, his head his head was at, was he going to pull it again? Also, Gus is not ranked, so you don't know how it's going to affect your rankings. Um, So, yeah, Gus might be a good option. Be very cool in Sweden. That'd be nice. So, Gus is a potential. I don't know what Gus is going to do going forward. I spoke to, I don't know if it was his manager or something when I was there. Um, Obviously, Gus is very disappointed with his result. Will he retire would be the question. Realistically that is the question on everyone's everyone's mind is. Uh, is he gonna retire? Is he gonna have is he gonna have another go again? I don't know I do not want to I d I don't wanna I don't wanna say anything about Gus himself because I don't I don't know the guy. But yeah, I would say Gus would be a good fight. So maybe maybe that's where we we'll go with Paul next. Okay, next question. Uh You know, she couldn't help but notice Paul was in deep on yeah. So Paul was in deep on some takedowns. So yeah, he was. He had his arm arms wrapped, and he was in deep on some takedowns. Um, first off, Volkon has got I almost a Volkov. Volkov has so got very good hips, very very strong hips, very powerful hips, very good double leg takedown defense. Um, but yeah, when I speak to Paul, I think he could have, and he said this himself. He, he should have drove through at those points rather than pulled guard. Um, one, it doesn't look good in judge's eyes. Um, if he got all the takedowns instead of pulled guard on all the takedowns, we could have been talking about a very, very different fight. Like there, so yeah, that's something that you're right. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He was deep on those. Um, he pulled guard instead of driving through from the takedown. So that might be something that we have a little chat about and see. How do you deal with the emotion, uh, the emotional aspect in the dressing room after a loss? Well, that's an interesting question. So, after a loss like that, you might think that it's very, very depressive and very sad uh, in the changing room. It isn't. It isn't. Like for me, Bungie and Mark, I would I would probably say the over overriding feeling there is relief. So when that final bell went, I didn't. I wasn't automatically like devastated and gutted. I was just relieved because he's safe, he's fine. And that might seem a little bit um, hippy and a little bit like, yeah, to say, but that's just the way it is. That's how I felt, I was just relieved. He's fine, he's all right. Yeah, he's caught up in that, but he's got so sore leg, it's not really an issue. He's okay, that is the number one main thing. So we we'll go backstage, we're getting the medical done, we're in with the medical team. He's getting stitched up. There is an air of sadness there, especially I think when, when it hit Paul the most, at that point it hit Paul, like he'd lost. He was very close to, if he won that fight, to getting someone big and he lost. So it kind of hit him then. But then after that, we're all having a joke. You know what I mean? Having a joke about the fight, speaking about stuff, speaking about things, and you say he's fine. And that is the number one thing always with any of my fighters. It's always a bit of relief. Even when they lose, but, ah, okay, all good. We're all good. So that is that's a good good question. Well, though, mate, how do you deal with emotions? The other thing about dealing with emotions is, even with the highs, I think Leo Machida said this once, and basically, if you if don't let the highs be so high, and the lows won't be so low. And if you think of like someone who's manic depressive, their highs are super super high, and their lows are unbelievably low, and that's why. When my guys win, yeah, we'll celebrate. We'll have a great time. But boom, after that, we're back to it. It's not like it lasts for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And, weeks. and that's the same way a low. Yeah, he's lost. Yeah, we've got it, but he's safe, so that's a good thing. And then we're back to the drawing board. and We we'll go again. Um, so that's to be honest, that's a kind of a kind of thing for life, I suppose. That just don't let the highs be so high, and then the lows won't be so low. Don't be manic about it. Uh, what do you think went wrong for Paul? How do you think he should have fought? So, firstly, he is in the top 10 of UFC, right? So, it's very easy. Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. I would have done this. I would have knocked him out. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a hard job he's got. So, I'll say that first. But, yeah, obviously, I do think. There's things that he could have done differently, and I'm not going to pretend like there wasn't. I'm not going to say, "Oh, I'm not going to comment about that," because I'll, I'll tell this to Paul himself when we will have a chat. I'll say, "I'll say what needs to be what needs to be said." I'm not going to sugarcoat it from him. He's a he's a he's a big boy. He can handle it. Um, I think Paul's been very very focused on getting these submissions, getting these triangles, and being the leader submission artist in the UFC. I know that's a kind of a big thing for him to get that like. Yeah, if you get those triangles in or these, whatever, and to be that guy. Um, but I think to in this fight, it was to his detriment. If you're going to go to the judges judges, and you're pulling guard and pulling, pulling guard, you're going to lose the fight. They don't like it. What happens is if you shoot in and pull guard, that's then essentially a point for the opposition because they've stuffed your attack, your your takedown, and stuffed means stop. So they've stopped your takedown. So they get the point. Essentially uh, so so doesn't look good another thing is it's, it's extremely extremely tiring You shoot in you try and take him out you pull guard and at that point you're squeezing he's clamping on He's trying to squeeze as hard as he can to get control of his opponent Anyone who's done jiu-jitsu and has done MMA will know it's easier to be on top than it is to be on bottom Miles easier no matter what no matter how good you are on bottom You have to be very active on the bottom and you have to use a lot of energy so that first round was very, very wrestling heavy and very, like, grappling heavy for Paul. More so than it was for Ozdemir because of the positions he was. He was, in, he was deep on a leg. He was going for it a lot. That's going to burn out your arms. Um. So I think maybe a little bit of patience. He needed a little bit more patience. He needed to set up his takedowns more. He was, a lot of the time, he was doing it when Volkov was in the open... In the open octagon, not the best place to do it. He wants it so he's a bit closer to the cage so that he can drive through and put his back against the cage. If the, the tape then fails, then you can work from there to take the guy down. Um, Needs to set up a bit better. Uh, I thought his striking looked very, very good though. I think, it, like, he, I listened to it this morning, I watched it this morning, and even Bisping and all that saying he's getting the better of exchanges. He was a lot of the time getting the better of exchanges. The problem is he's. You've grappled for so long now, your arms will be heavy, so your shots become laboured. So it makes his striking look worse. Um, and it's not, it was very, very good. for he had a lot of times, he had a lot of good momentum going into him. He set him up beautifully when it was a jab to the head, jab to the body, and came back up with a cross and put um, back, hit him with a head kick very good. But then he would shoot and pull guard, and that's when the momentum you're, you're on this, you're you're. Ahead in the momentum, essentially the momentum is with you, and you pull guard. Phew, that's it. You've lost the momentum. What I think he would have been better is shooting and driving through instead of pulling guard on those deep shots, driving through, getting on top, working some hammer fists. Then, if you wanted to have Volkov reverse the position, you could have just let him, and then, and then he's in his place. Um. But yeah, so I think those things weren't the best for him, but. Again, very, very easy to say. What do you say? Armchair, quarterback. It's very, very easy to say for me. He should have done this, he should have done that. I think his teeps worked very, very well. I uh, wish he brought them up to the head a little bit more than just shooting them to the body, but they worked very well. Striking. I was, I was actually quite impressed with striking that night. Um, Didn't get a win, but hey, these things happen. What is it like being part of the UFC? Uh, what, the staff and behind the scenes. Let's say the staff were amazing. Everyone I met. Absolutely amazing. From the guys handing out the kit to the guys signing in, taking your picture, from people just getting your your signature for like you've got authorised stuff and I suppose say that you're not going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, Super, very, very nice. And you can see that it's a proper team there because when they see the fighters, like, oh hey, how are you doing, Paul? And they're all speaking away and they're, they're all very friendly. So it was great because I didn't know how it was going to be. I didn't know whether I was just going to be a kind camp of Pushed aside and being told, "You just stand there, mate. Like, you're not the fighter. You, you, you don't, you don't, you're not important." Um, but no, nah, absolutely brilliant. Let's like say shout out to John and Karen who were who were great. Uh, what are your main main takeaways from the fight, and what will be switched up for next time? Again, it's very easy to say, uh, but first I'll have to speak to Paul, uh, speak to him and see what worked and what didn't work for him, and we'll go from there. My main takeaway from the fight is I think Paul needs more confidence in his hands. I thought it was very good. Um, But yeah, like, I think, no matter what, although he lost, he lost to Ousdemir, who just fought for a title not long ago. Like, he was fighting for a title not long ago. And it shows Paul was a top-ten fighter. Yes, he wasn't outclassed that night. I mean, there's no way he was outclassed that night. We just, yeah, just didn't get it done. That's the way it is. Um... Who was the most interesting person we met and why? Kind of answered that. So yeah, Stormzy was cool. Speaking away to John Gooden, meeting Bisping. Karen Bryant's cool. Cause she's been around the game for a long time. So she's all these good stories. Uh, so that was interesting, speaking to her. Phil DeFries. if you don't know who Phil DeFries is, he is a, a mammoth of a man who was in uh, Aspinall's Corner. He is KSW champion. He's a great guy, he used to be in the UFC. Really nice guy. Really funny. Really nice. Give give Big Phil a follow. Um, what else? Did you learn anything about the weight cut uh, and rehydration? Mm. I think what the UFC have done on where they really excel, especially in comparison to boxing, is that they have the UFC PI. So that allows them to personalise the rehydration uh, kind of policy to to the fighter and it's it's a huge benefit not just from safety but for perfor- performance it's hard to be done in boxing it would have to be done by the promo- promotion so it'd have to be done probably by Eddie Hearn Man, I don't know yeah it probably would be uh just for money wise um but it's it's something I think that that boxer boxing should look at but in terms of learn no like I'm quite clued up on my my rehydration and my weight cutting uh policies because I had to do it, a lot of them now with, with my fighters. I know what's too much. I know what's too little. I know what they should be getting in their in their system. When they should be cutting weight. When they should be stopping. Uh, sorry, drinking water. When you should be stopping drinking water. I I know these things now. Uh, but it was interesting to see how on point it was from the UFC to get given. Let's say they get given like their water to drink afterwards. And like none of it's water, which was, that was interesting. Not one of it's water, it's all some kind of solution, like some kind of oral rehydration solution, solution whether it be Lucasaid, even, or do these things. And it's all personalized. So you can see, uh, they put up a, a video and you can kind of see the people who have drastic weight cuts because they've got four bottles, rather than like Paul had like one or some, one or something. Um, but I didn't learn anything, but I just, I, just, I was very impressed by the UFC way of doing it. I thought it was absolutely superb and really something that boxing could take if they wanted to uh, and use. And I think it would be a huge benefit to them in terms of safety and the performance of the fighters. Someone's mentioned the face-off here. Now, this is something I want to talk about because it's, I've had discussions with a few people who talked to me about the face-off and they were saying, oh, like, he won the fight. He, like, he'd already won the fight in the in the face-off and... Volkov looked scared and stuff like that. I truly believe that nobody in the UFC, especially in the top 10, is scared of any other fighter. I just don't think it happens. I think it happens at the lower levels. I think, yeah, you can get intimidated. I don't think you're intimidating a UFC fighter, really. I just don't think it's happened. My mate, John Sloan, who's a former uh, reporter, MMA reporter, he messaged me about it and said, and kind of countered that point by saying yeah maybe not but you can get intimidated by the situation and by the kind of the vastness of the event and how big the event is that's maybe a point yeah yeah you could yeah maybe like old um, what's that? Deer Dion headlights rabbit headlights um yeah but i don't think he was intimidated paul does that as like, almost for himself. Like, Paul rips his top off. That's him. That's him. That's part of the process for Paul. That's him getting in the zone. It's almost ritual, ritualistic for him. That's part of what it is. It's just, that's just what he does. Is he doing it to try and intimidate the person? Does he truly think that is going to scare his opponent to the point of where the opponent is going to perform poorly? I don't think so. I don't know. I've never asked him, but. I don't think at that level you can intimidate anybody. These guys are all killers. They're all monsters. If you asked Paul to fight Volkov three hours later, he would say yes. Like they, because he got beat, he's not scared of him now. Likewise, if Volkov got beat by Paul that night, Volkov would have fought him the day the next day. This is just as what it is. These guys are absolute monsters. They're absolute killers. They do not get scared by people. I don't believe. Maybe in Ghana, actually. I think everyone's fucking scared of Angano. But that is basically all the questions I have. Um, Overall, absolutely superb time. Superb kind of experience for myself. Like I say, could be the pinnacle of my life. All downhill from here. Nothing to live for anymore. Game over. We'll see. Uh, Hopefully, Paul gets back on track soon. Get him out soon. Get a win. Get back hunting for title contention, which he definitely can't do. Just a few things need tweaked here and there. That's the fight game though, isn't it? Nothing more to say on the matter, I don't think. I think that's everything. Stormzy's obviously my best mate now, which is kind of cool. So I'll hit him up for tickets, I'm sure, soon. Um, found out that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a bit handsy. So there's a fun fact for you there. I'm sure we all kind of knew that, but yeah. It's been confirmed he is a bit handsy. So there's that. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did get a question I don't think I've answered. Okay, next question. What are your thoughts on Paddy and Molly? What are my thoughts on Paddy Pimlet and Molly Meatball McCann? Greatest nickname ever. So, they won. Brilliant. Very good. I think they're doing very well for themselves. Uh, Happy to see them doing so well. I think the UFC know what they're doing with them. Uh, I think... Paddy Molly's team know what they're doing. I think Paddy Molly know what they're doing. I'll not let you know what the numbers are, but they're getting paid a fucking shit ton from Barstool Sports. So they just want to keep this hype train going for as long as they possibly can. So are they fighting the creme de la creme or trying to get to the creme de la creme at the, at the top of the heap as quickly as they possibly can? No. They're taking the scenic route. And why wouldn't you when you're getting paid that kind of money? It's completely pointless fighting the top five people in the world, derailing the hype train, and then losing all your money. What's the point in that? That's stupid. These guys can sit on their arse now and make all the money they want until their next fight, and their next fight isn't going to probably be against someone amazing anyway. So they can do it all over again. Now, that's no disrespect to me, uh, to, to Meatball and, and to Paddy. I just think that's the way it is. I think that's I think they're being smart about it. I I don't understand people. I, I want to fight the best of the best. I want I see he I want him to be the the best he can possibly be on that night. Why? So you have the hard job. Just fucking. You want the easiest fight possible. So yeah. The. So yeah, that's in terms of fighting. That's what I think. I think they're they're getting easier fights because they're such big names. Generally, that's what I believe, and I um, I don't think you can argue with that. Really, that's no no fault of their own. I think they're being smart. They're doing very well for themselves. Good for them. Paddy brought up some nice points after the fight. Very sad. Um, Molly, I would say, likes to party. So our, we're in the hotel afterwards. She she likes to party. We'll just put it that way. She's a party animal. But yeah, that's my thoughts on Meatball and Paddy. Read into that what you will. So guys, thank you very much for listening to the Enhanced Performance Podcast UFC London Special. I'm sorry it couldn't have been a happier one. I wish it could have been for us, but it wasn't to be. It just wasn't to be. Next time. Next time, guys. So next out on the podcast will be Simon Murray. I'll get that out next week. And then I think it's Sam Wardrobe. Then I'm not sure who we've got after this. I might try and hit up John Gooden, my best friend. Maybe Stormzy, actually. Yeah, I'll hit up Stormzy. Shout out, shout out Stormzy and get him on. Thanks for listening. We out.